God will restore everything that has been broken and troubled and conquered, totally destroyed. He can restore. So, the great prayer we will study tonight is found in Second Chronicles chapters 5 and 6 with the answers recorded in chapter 7. So actually, we're looking tonight at Second Chronicles chapters 5, 6, and 7. It is the great prayer of King Solomon at the dedication of the magnificent temple in the city of Jerusalem. For a little background information, we will examine the passages before us. King Solomon was one of David's sons. His mother was Bathsheba, the widow of Uriah, who was set up for a fall by King David himself. David subsequently took her to be his wife, and Solomon was the product of that union. David had other sons, but God chose Solomon to be the successor. Again, friends, God knows best. Solomon's name means peaceable or peace. Um, one of the prophets gave him the name Jedidiah in 2 Samuel 12, verses 24 and 25. Jedidiah. And that means beloved of Jehovah. So this Solomon, by his names, I would say he was twice beloved of Jehovah. He was peaceable and he was beloved. David desired to build a temple for the testimony of God's faithfulness and goodness. But God did not permit him to do so. But he, David, in his lifetime, made every possible arrangement for Solomon, his successor, to build the house of God. Solomon came to the throne in favorable times. He came, so to speak, with everything to his advantage. David had put down all the enemies round about. So Solomon came at a time when there was peace everywhere. Wealth was stored up in abundance under David. Solomon inherited all of that. He had a readily available labor force, including skilled craftsmen. Plans were already drawn up for the massive structure, the temple. Neighboring contracts were already established for building material. David saw to it that he befriended the neighboring rulers and ensured that he was able to get the necessary cedar from Lebanon and the great stones that were going to go into the construction 
of the Marshall building. Solomon didn't have a headache to obstruct his progress. In seven short years, he built a magnificent building, one of the wonders of the then world. This was a high point in the reign of the young king. In Second Chronicles 5 and 2, Solomon caused to assemble for the dedication service all the elders, the heads of the tribes, the chief fathers, the Levites, and all who needed to be there for the celebrations, singers, musicians, shouters. Their job was to lift up their voice and say, for the Lord is good and his mercy endureth forever. We need a few shouters in the church today to glorify God. And even before Solomon prayed the great prayer that we will discuss tonight, um, the Bible tells us the building, the new temple, was enveloped with a cloud. God came down with a mist that filled the house, Second Chronicles 5 and 14. The worshippers were covered with the glory of God. This glory cloud was such that the ministers could not proceed with their assigned contributions they were supposed to make in this dedication service. God was in the house. Let everyone be silent according to Habakkuk 2 and 20. The priests and ministers could do nothing but fall on their knees, yea, their faces, and call upon God in worship, in wonder and amazement. Their spiritual eyes had seen the King of glory, God Almighty, Heaven and earth came down. The earth was filled with the, with the glory of God. What a day it was. Isn't the, is, is the church longing for such a visitation from God in these days? So many there are who do not want to become too involved with that kind of religion. They don't want to become too emotional. They want just a little bit of God's presence, just enough to whet their appetite. Not so much that would cause them to be filled to the overflow. Oh, that our God would rend the heavens and come down and saturate every soul with his mighty power. This is exactly what happened in Second Chronicles 5 and 14. The house of the Lord was filled with a cloud. What about my reading it at this time? Second Chronicles, chapter 5, verse 12. Then Solomon stood before the altar of the Lord in the presence of the assembly of Israel and spread out his hands, 5.14. And he said, Lord God of Israel, there is no God in heaven or on earth like you who keep your covenant and mercy with your servants who walk before you with all their hearts you have kept what 
standing on God's promise. But we are living by them. Solomon prayed, Lord, now keep your promise. And you have to understand that he was at the beginning of a very successful reign and shall I say career. And it is so important that he would get a confirmation from God that God, you started out with me, you will stick with me until I come to the end of it all. It is one of those fears that you may have when you begin a spiritual journey. You wonder if what you feel tonight, you will feel tomorrow and next week and next year. But remember, Jesus is not only the finisher, not only the author of our faith, but he is the finisher of our faith. And he who has begun the good work in you, he will complete it. He will perform it until the day. So Solomon prayed that God would keep his promise. Number two. Solomon prayed that the Almighty's eyes and ears will always be open to the prayers that come from that house. He prayed that the eyes of the Almighty and the ears of the Almighty will always be open to the prayers that come from that house. The Bible says in Psalms 121, verses 3 and 4, He who keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. God's ears, Isaiah 59 and 1, are not heavy that they cannot hear, neither his eyes dim that he cannot see. So God is always awake always alert, always alive, and always listening to our prayers. And his eyes run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of those whose hearts are perfect towards him. So secondly, Solomon prayed that God would see and that God would hear what the, the prayers that would rise from that temple he had just built. Number three, Solomon prayed for divine forgiveness and victory over sin and weakness. Just let's look at verse number 22, 24, and 25. Of First Chronicles, Second Chronicles, chapter uh, six, verse twenty-two, right here. Solomon prayed, "If anyone sins against his neighbor and is forced to take an oath, and comes and takes an oath before you in this temple, then hear from heaven." servants, bringing retribution on the wicked, 
perfection from the menu, but have we ever stopped to consider that most, if not all, our food is dependent on favorable weather conditions? There must be sun, rain, and coolness in the right season for the plants to grow, for the animals to survive. Yes, Solomon talked to God in prayer concerning the weather conditions. And in 26 and 27 of Second Chronicles 6, he said, send rain. We need to take on the weather conditions in our prayer. Men are trying to do what they would, and they're trying to gauge the pattern of the weather, and they're trying to see if they could control the weather. But I tell you, the weather is in one man's hand. It's in God's hand. And he moves according to his will and according to the prayer of his children and his people. Let's pray for good weather. Not, let's, let's pray that we get the rain in its season the sun in its season, and the dew, dew in its season. The fifth aspect of Solomon's prayer is this. He prayed against famines that may be occasioned by the invasion of insects, pigs, mildew, lights, locusts, caterpillars, epidemics. He said, send deliverance and teach your people through such visitations that you are in charge, verses 31, 30 and 31. And God is alerting us now. That's the reason we pray and give thanks for food. Because if God does not control the plagues of locusts and so on, farmer worm and so forth, if God doesn't control them, they could eat the food that we are supposed to be eating, and we will have none for ourselves. Solomon's prayer reached even into the agricultural development area. That is why in many churches, they set aside a special day for harvest Thanksgiving service because the food we eat has been provided by the Lord. Oh Lord, keep this land from every pestilence and every disease and every epidemic. You may ask, Pastor, is all this per detail necessary? The Bible says we should be careful for nothing, anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, we should let our request be made known unto him. Yes, we should pray for these details. And they say, Pastor, you believe that? I say, yeah, I believe it. Moses told the children of Israel in Deuteronomy 6, 12, and Deuteronomy 8, 11, he said, beware lest you forget. We cannot 
with them 
themselves in the land where they were carried captive and repent and make supplication to you in the land for their captivity. 38. And when they return to you with all their hearts, 39. Then hear from heaven your dwelling place, their prayer and their supplication, and maintain their cause and forgive them. Forgive your people who have sinned against you. He prayed for the backslider. Someone has said that if you should gather all the people who once professed the Lord, and you should gather them back, no church would be big enough to hold them. There are so many who have just passed through and they did not stay. But I say to you tonight that this is a great prayer on the part of Solomon to pray that those who slip away might come back again. And if any of you listening to my voice tonight happen to be a person who slipped away, return to the Lord your God. Return to the Savior. You will lose nothing except your sin by returning to Him. He welcomes you. He said, Him that cometh unto me, I will in no wise cast out. He will clothe you with his salvation, and you will rejoice in his goodness. Verse 41. Now this was a long prayer, but it was a great prayer. For look at the results. Second Chronicles 7 and 1. When Solomon had finished praying, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifice and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. What a prayer. I wish that every time we pray such would happen. When Solomon had finished praying it is yes it is what happens at the end of the prayer Fire came down from heaven. Could this happen today? Should this happen today? Would you like to see such happen today? You say, Pastor, there's going to be big confusion. That's a good kind of confusion. When the fire of God comes down, and the fire of God is such that it doesn't burn down anything. It sets everybody on fire and puts fire in their bones. We all need the fire of his presence, the overshadowing cloud of his blessing, to rejuvenate us, to revive us, to heal us, to put that spark within us. Yes, to put a smile on our face and a spring in our step, to drive away depression and the spirit of heaviness and the spirit of despair. despair. Prayer brought down the fire that transforms, that fire that changes, that fire that reports out everything that is contrary. When Solomon had finished, fire came down. I pray the same for myself and the same for you and the same for every believer and the same in every church. Fire coming down 